Hi, I'm Mike Maloney, and welcome to another CSRM podcast. Today's episode is hosted by Dr. Greg Linville. Hello, friends, and welcome to another CSRM podcast. I am joined today again uh, with Dr. Greg Linville, the Director of Resource Development of CSRM, and also Scott Stedman. Our, our director of digital resources as he spins the dials as he always does in a very professional and excellent way. So we are excited uh, to continue on with our study in the book, putting the church back in the game. And Greg, last week we we ended uh, talking about some, some fundraising models, which I think was very, very relevant. And so we're going to kind of leave that conversation and head into something that no church ever struggles with. <laughs> And that is uh, church leadership issues in relationship, in particular, to sports, rec, and fitness ministry. I chuckle a little bit because we're all humans, and um, we can contribute to some issues, and we can experience some issues. But the important thing is that we talk about uh, some of these potential issues and what leadership should look like, and maybe some of, uh, of, of the pitfalls and how we can kind of pull out of those uh, conversations sometimes that aren't so productive or aren't so good, how we can correct some models. And so, um, yeah, kind of dive right in there, uh, talk about some church leadership issues and what we should be aware of in our ministries. Well, thank you, Dan. It's good to be with you and Scott again. And and I know that in my YMCA training days that the it was summarized that you needed to raise up two things. You needed to raise up finance and you needed to raise up leaders. And that's the backbone of everything we do. So we talked about the finance last time. We're talking about leaders this time. And we're in a particular age where leadership within the church itself has been debated hotly, uh, not the least of which 50 years ago or so was women and the role of women in leadership and that's continued to percolate down through and there's uh, a lot of difference of opinion still today and more recently uh, about the redefinition of human sexuality and leaderships in that regard and then when you get into the sports ministry do you do you need a, a coach or a bible scholar to to direct your league and uh, and I, when i'm asked that do i need a coach or a bible scholar i say yes uh we need both obviously so i think that there's some things here that we've got to really consider so let's just jump right into it the it's one of my pet peeves uh, and dan and scott i think you'll appreciate this has one of my pet peeves has to do with congregations and denominations that treat their sports rec and fitness ministers like they're second-class citizens. They don't require them to be ordained, recorded, or licensed, whatever your persuasion is in that. They're not being included in any discussions about theology, theological concepts, about long-term plans, or other important decisions that are impacting congregations. 
they're not being financially compensated on the same level, on a par with other ministerial staff, and they're not receiving the scrutiny or the honor that other staff uh, comes up with all, all the time. I maintain, bottom line, that local church sports rec and fitness members need to be viewed as treated like the true gospel ministry men and women that they are, equal of all other staff, and we need to change this perception in our local churches, and we need to change it even within the sports rec and fitness minister themselves about how they view themselves. We're part of a group that's called Reach, and we do a conference every year, a gathering every year, and we one of those things is, is an affirmation. We try to get through an affirmation of that you have a high calling. Now, it's also imperative, however, that for all senior lead pastors and elders, that they acquire that deeper appreciation for these who are their peers. So let me just stop there. Dan, Scott, your thoughts. Address my pet peeve. <laughs> It is a very relevant pet peeve. Um, I have uh, felt that before. Uh, I've tried to even battle that at times when I entered into different kinds of uh, leadership uh, as, as a senior pastor to not forget what it felt like to feel kind of like that misfit, that overlooked one. Um, and so, yeah, if we, if we recognize that sports rec and fitness is one of the most uh, productive ways to reach those who are far from Christ, then we need to treat that staff that staff well, and we need to make sure they have what they need so that they can help us in our efforts uh, holistically as a church uh, to to reach people who are far from from Christ. There's there's not a more fruitful ministry than that, and so absolutely, I I think we need to first value them and uh, and make them feel like they are a part of the overall team concept of any church staff. And I would kind of extend that a little bit. I, I remember studying about the concept of a youth pastor and how back in the fifties, that was such a, like, what is this? And they probably went through the same, like, why do we need a youth pastor? Why do they need to be an important part of our staff? And then you realize that, yeah, they are important. I think, you know, the sports minister, even though my tradition, I don't see a lot of sports ministers within my denomination, but I almost kind of feel like that, you know, there is a value to what they are doing in communities. And I think that's something that's very important and they need to be treated as important staff on a con- within a church. Very good. And, and uh, yes, youth pastors, same kind of thing. I want to take us next into the three biblical words for church leadership. And as we started this discussion about this book and our whole series is that we really try to get to the bedrock biblical foundations for all of these things. So the the first word there that's used in the scripture is the word for overseer, the episkopos in the Greek. And this is the, a term used in Acts twenty twenty eight and other places, and it it is sort of the, the person who is it is the one that has an over meaning epi, 
and skapos site, episkopos. So you can see that. So they have this oversight, and it means that they're they're looking over, they're envisioning, they uh, they watch in in the sense that they're the guardian of or the inspector of. They're the ones that are trying to help make sure that we're really accomplishing our vision. A vision is what we see at the end of all of our efforts. What are we trying to accomplish? It's not our mission. It's what our mission accomplishes. And so that's the the one role of any church leader is to have that oversight to make sure we're accomplishing our vision, that our mission is actually accomplishing our vision. So the second word is uh, in the in the common language, elder, presbyteros in the Greek. And the presbyteros is where we get the Presbyterian uh, denomination, and the episkopos is where we get the Episcopalian or the, the Methodist, if you will. They're, they're all kind of in these veins. But the, the, the elder is the one who brings the wisdom that is born of experience. They, they have to do with skills and knowledge and their role of teaching and mentoring and coaching, that they're able to provide sage encouragement or advice or counsel. It's born out of their experience and their scriptural reflections and meditations. The third one is the shepherd. And this is is the concept of tending the flock, of attending to the needs of those that are involved in the flock. They're to passionately care for, to protect their sheep. I, I think that we don't need to go very deep in this, these three, but I think we we get these and we then want to try to have a combination of these, particularly if the sports ministry is smaller in numerics, not importance, but in numerics, the person needs to be more general and, and taking on all three of those. The sports minister does. The fitness director does. But as it expands, it may be that somebody's going to be more the administrator, overseer. Some are going to be more of the practitioner, the, the, the person who's out there doing it. And all of them should be shepherding the, the sheep, so to speak. Okay. So then, then what does that, what does that look like specifically? Well, we talk about that they they need to begin to train, so they need to train in sports administration and leadership development, program development, facility design, supervision, but even the theological and the biblical and the ministry. And so these leaders are then training their volunteers, what we call local missionaries. And that they give them the intellectual, the concepts, but then they actually, beyond that knowledge, they actually go out and do this with people. They, 
they model it, they, they, they show how to do it. And then all through it, they give some wisdom to, to know how to incorporate these, these kinds of things. Let me stop there. Uh, Dan, uh, anything about, about the, these three terms and what, what the sports ministry leaders are supposed to do? Uh, I think you, you covered it uh, very well. I think if, if churches have strength in, in all three of those areas, it certainly helps the overall leadership of the church. It helps people to know their roles and their responsibilities. It helps people to um, uh, take it more seriously. And then I think kind of boiling it down uh, within our own ministries, making sure we have a process uh, for people in leadership in our sports rec and fitness as well. If the overall church has a good, healthy biblical model, and we have that within our more um, local context for our, our ministry, our smaller context, um, it's only going to make things better. And Greg, you, you said a couple key things, and it's, it's training. It's, it's, it's something that's so important and lacking, especially when, when we get busy, we just kind of, because we, we need people, we need volunteers, which you called them local missionaries, which I think is so good because that changes our mindset. If we see them as a local missionary and not just hands to help, though I get when you're in a pinch, you feel like I, I'll take anybody. Yeah, I get that. But don't stop there. See them as a local missionary and then train them to do their job well. Nothing is more frustrating in a church or really any setting if you're giving if you're given all kinds of responsibility but no training. And so you don't know if you're successful. Chances are you're probably not. Um, and, and you don't know if, if, if you're benefiting the, the overall vision and mission, you're probably not because you probably don't know it. And so I think having a strategy that reflects the biblical strategy of the overall church in your, your ministry context makes a lot of sense. So those are some of the biblical roles of, of being the trainer, the teacher, the mentor, all of that. Our, our biblical responsibilities then, this has to do, again, with being a shepherd, overseer, elder, that this is called a ministry, <laughs> okay? It's not called um, an activity. It's called a ministry, and thus the leader of such a ministry must minister, Duh. I, I, but sometimes we forget this and we think we're about, and I'm speaking again to the sports rec and fitness person, we think we're just supposed to organize a league or get all the music for our, for our fitness class lined up. Well, those are obviously very important. But we do that because we should have a driving passion for ministry. And so beyond organizing and administrating, we, we have got to keep our responsibility of being the shepherd, being the elder, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. And then there's biblical responsibilities. So biblical roles, biblical responsibilities, biblical relationships. And the relationships are founded on the primary relationship with Jesus Christ. Okay, now you're saying, of course, it's about relation. Okay, but walk with me a little bit, because if our primary relationship is not with the Lord Jesus himself, 
then it's going to be much more difficult for us to minister to anybody else. In fact, I'm going to say we cannot minister if we're not in a personal relationship with Jesus that is growing each and every day. We need to have our own personal quiet moments, our our sacred time, our sacred place, our sacred tools to get all of that with Jesus. And then I'd say furthermore that as stated in the pastoral epistles, those are the ones that Paul was inspired to write, like to Timothy and to Titus, who were out there doing the ministry, that no one is to be a church leader, including being a coach in a sports ministry league, if their personal lives don't align with Christ-honoring, biblically-based lifestyles. That's, that is made evident by having a personal integrity and a personal morality that is above reproach. Now, it doesn't mean we're perfect, but this means that we're to be a godly spouse, a godly parent, a godly friend, neighbor, or citizen. Dan, Scott, what do you think? I think that biblical relationship, first and foremost, as a minister, um, and Greg, I think you, it is one of those duh moments, because if we're called a minister, we should be ministering. But if we're not ministering from the overflow of a godly relationship, where uh, we're going through the sanctification process, knowing we're, we're human and we're, we're still going to sin, believe it or not. Um, but if we're growing in our relationship, that's going to filter down in all of our other relationships, and especially in our roles as we minister to people, as we work with those um, in leadership structures uh, who lead us. So as we interact with elders and other pastors, uh, supervisors, things like that, if we can't always control maybe how that relationship flows down but we can certainly control how it flows up and then out to others that we, we work with. And so a lot of times leadership issues break down uh, because relationships are not bathed in Christ and not growing in Christ. And so uh, there's problems within those roles and structures. So um, yes, I cannot encourage that spiritual discipline um, enough because it's something that's just so important to our daily walk. Yeah, and I would I would piggyback off that saying, you know, the whole being rooted in the word is vital and especially being in relationship with others as the body of Christ is is also vital. And I think a lot of times in leadership when things break down, we begin to start seeing people less as individuals who are God-fearing, God-loving followers, but we start seeing them as, well, this is the person that is on a paycheck and money's tight, so we got to make some cuts. So then that's when you start seeing people more as a business commodity than an actual real human being. All good. Very excellent. And so that's kind of wrap this up on, on the biblical relationships. It starts with Jesus, but then it goes to the rest of the people. And again, it spouse, children, family members, church members, other people, we've got to have positive relationships in all these areas. So then how do we actually grab hold of these leaders that we're trying to get out there? We call this 
what it's a list that we call a laborer's list. It's, it's based on Matthew 9, 37, 38. The harvest is right. Pray to the Lord of the harvest that he would send out the laborers. And so what we, we encourage all of our sports ministers and fitness directors, etc. you've got a, a 10 team league, put down 20 uh, or maybe 24 uh, names and spots on a paper and you start filling them in. We always would encourage you to leave a few of them blank because God's going to bring you somebody you didn't anticipate, but begin to put these people down and then you pray. You pray over that list, pray to the Lord of the harvest that he would send the, the laborers and that God would begin to work on their hearts and minds that to say that they would become the local missionary as a coach, league director, uh, fitness instructor, event director, whatever. And while there's no absolute biblical method to this prayer for them, there's a number of number of biblical references that would indicate it would be biblical to recommend praying for 40 days before officially recruiting those, allowing God to work on the hearts of these folks. And so then after you've identified them, you prayed for them, then you reach out to them. I'd recommend some sort of a written communication, whether it's snail mail or, or email or whatever it might need. And it has all of what you're asking them to do. So they can begin to consider it and say, I'm going to follow up with a phone call within the next week or however you you know, if you say you're going to do it in a week, make sure you get to all of them in a week, have some integrity. And yet, then, then you begin to say, can you see yourself joining us and, and, and becoming a local missionary for what we're trying to do here? So as you identify them, you get them on your list, you pray for them, and then you reach out to them. And one of the things to keep in mind is, do they come from us or to us? And I really think that the people that are coming up out of your ministry are some of your fastest ships to the shore, if you will. So then you've recruited them. And then what do you do? Well, you need what we call our three eyes. You need to inform them. And that means that you just need to give them the knowledge that they need. All of the league or event particulars, but also giving them the, the the kinds of maybe insight about what you're expecting them to do in this volunteer local missionary role. And then you need to resource them, giving them things to read, giving them videos to watch, podcasts to listen to, what whatever it is. Give them the resources that can help them get that into who they need to be so that they can actually do it. But then the retraining is where you actually sit with them and go over this and then you watch them and, and you, and you really try to get them up to speed. So you inform them with the information and then you instruct them. That's the second eye. And then the third eye is inspire them because there's going to be days that they're down. There's going to be days that they're frustrated. There's going to be days they're saying, why am I doing this? And you just need to come alongside of them and inspire them again. Now, we we wrap it up, and if you're following along the book, page 111, the scoreboard talks about the four-step equipping model. Uh, 
And that, that four steps is number one, model it. This is the first season that you do this. And they're going to be your assistant league director, or they're going to be your assistant coach. And you're going to say, watch me do it. I'm going to model it. You watch me. The second year, second season, you say, okay, let's do it together. I'm going to mentor it. I modeled it the first time. Now I'm going to mentor it. You're going to take some of it, and I'm going to take some of it, but we're going to do it together. Then the third season, the third year, I monitor it. I'm here, but now I'm your assistant. I'm going to watch you do it. You watch me do it. We did it together. Now I'm going to watch you do it. And then every year after that, you motivate it. You're on your own now. In fact, you've got your own assistant coach or assistant league director now that you're modeling, mentoring, and monitoring work. But I'm here if you need me. And you always check in with them. And your thoughts. Yeah, I think um, that that simple way to kind of model it, mentor it, monitor it, and motivate it. Imagine if we took that seriously. Uh, imagine the type of uh, really ministry discipleship that, that could be happening. Not only are we helping someone to grow in their faith because we're spending more time uh, with them and we're helping them to kind of pull out their, their leadership skills, but we have a way to, um, to make our ministries better with um, better local missionaries who understand exactly our, our vision and how to do something. So I think this is, this is very, um, just a very concise way to replicate leaders. And I, I think this is a, a really great thing to focus on. Greg, you already mentioned it, but page 111. So we just really want to encourage you to uh, uh, really li live that whole model out there. Um, and I, I would say overall, if, if you recognize that there are some breakdowns within the leadership of your ministry or your church, uh, we just encourage you, buy this book, especially for this chapter. And you can go to csrm.org and you can go to our, our store and you, you can purchase the book, Putting the Church Back in the Game. I think this is a very holistic, biblical overview to the structure of the church and its leadership and really boiling it down to the sports rec and fitness minister. And with things like this that are super practical, um, I think it's only going to make us um, the kinds of people who develop leaders better. And this is where a lot of us do fall short. So, Greg, I, I really thank you for that. Well, we're going to come back in the next segment and we're going to start to talk a little bit more um, about um, why this matters and where and when and who the church gathers. And we're going to speak a little bit more even to the criteria for leadership, uh, particularly in this new day and age. So that's where we're going in the future, guys. Greg, once again, another fantastic podcast, um, and if CSRM can help you uh, with any sort of uh, training uh, for your, your leaders, of course, we have this book here and other resources you can check out on our website. We also have what's called the certification process. So a sports minister like yourself, if you're listening to this or watching this, um, if you haven't had a whole lot of training or you just need to kind of brush up on a lot of this stuff, a lot of what uh, Dr. Limbaugh shared, he shared with me when I was a graduate student. Um, and I, 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 I remember praying through those different lists. I remember how vitally just uh, transforming that was to my ministry. 
And um, uh, if, if we can help walk you through some of this, uh, we think our, our self-paced certification process is a great way to go through that. And you can find out more information um, about that and register for that through our website, csrm.org. Just look for the certification tab and we'll walk you through that process. Unfortunately, we're out of time today, but join us next week as we continue on our conversation, looking at the book, putting the church back in the game, and we will see you then. Take care. The CSRM Podcast is a production of CSRM and their production house, Overwhelming Victory. Dr. Greg Linville is the executive producer, and Scott Stedman is the associate producer and editor. To learn more about CSRM, visit csrm.org. For more information about Overwhelming Victory, visit overwhelmingvictory.org. The CSRM Podcast is the flagship member of the podcast network, Overwhelming Victory Radio. For more information on Overwhelming Victory Radio or to listen to our partner podcasts, visit overwhelmingvictory.org backslash OV radio. For CSRM Podcasts, I'm Mike Maloney. Have a blessed day.